Turn with me, if you would, to Galatians chapter 6. We've been uh, looking at the scripture regarding uh, knowledge and walking in knowledge. And knowledge, of course, leads to revelation. And uh, on the other side of that, of course, is our feelings, our emotions, and um, which leads to fear and anxiety. There's no comfort in the flesh. How many of you know that? There's no comfort in the flesh. <clears throat> there can be temporary relief, but there's no comfort to the flesh. You can never find comfort in the flesh. You can never find comfort, um, true comfort. You can never find answers from your flesh. And we're going to talk about that this morning. Um, Galatians uh, chapter 6. And I want us to look at this one statement here in verse 7. Be not deceived. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Be not deceived. What is being deceived? What is deception? To be deceived is to cause someone to believe something that is not true. That's what being deceived is. Is you have been caused, if, if you say, I've been deceived uh, about something or, you know, uh, misled, you've, you've believed something that wasn't true. That means, uh, I, we could say it this way, that there was, you believed in something that had no truth tied to it. Deception um, is, is the opposite uh, of knowledge of God's word. The devil is looking to deceive us through our mind, our will, and emotions, uh, through our mind, you know, our, our soulish realm. He's looking to deceive us through thoughts and feelings and through our flesh. He wants us to be deceived uh, into thinking that God's word isn't working for you, that what you're doing for God isn't working, that what you're doing in the kingdom is going nowhere, that God's word isn't true for your life. And uh, he, he says here, the scripture says, let him who, uh, in verse 6, let him who receives instruction in the word of God share all good things uh, with his teacher, contributing to his support. Do not be deceived. Uh, God is not mocked. For whatever a man uh, soweth that shall he also reap. Uh, we know that this is tied uh, in connection to giving, but really if you look at it in the Greek, uh, it, and it's talking about a continual action of sowing. And really it kind of denotes any arena in life, anywhere you sow and have continual, continual sowing, uh, you shall reap from that arena. You shall reap what you're continually. It really shows a continuation, not a, a trying it. Um, I sowed once. Um, when you look at it and you break it down, it's talking about continual sowing of uh, finances, but also re refers to uh, sowing in love, sowing time, uh, sowing a right heart, right attitude, uh, Anything in life that you can look at that you maybe have sacrificed 
Um, you're never going to sow into the kingdom of God and reap back a harvest from the flesh or from death. It's never going to leave you coming up short. Um, God only has increase. There's only increase in the body of Christ. There's only increase uh, when you're walking in his plan. Uh, there's never decrease. But the devil wants us to be deceived that what you're doing is not bringing any type of harvest into your life. Be not deceived. God will not be mocked. He will not. This isn't about you. This is about him. Your seed is not about you. It's about God not being mocked and proving himself and his word to be true. So, uh, number one, I want us to, we're going to give, I'm going to give you three uh, ways, three, we could say it, people or beings that uh, have tried to deceive us or will try or we need to be on guard. Number one, we know this is the devil. He is the great deceiver. He's the author of lies. So if, if something's not true, what is it? It's a lie. <laughs> so turn with me, if you would, to 1 Timothy. We can see the first time he came on the scene. That's exactly what he did. 1 Timothy chapter 2. In verse 14. And it was not Adam who was deceived, but the woman who was deceived and deluded and fell into transgression. Now, don't get prideful, men, because she was so good and so skillful that she deceived Adam. <laughs> and and, and uh, we'll get to that later. But uh, the devil came, and we see the first thing he did was he deceived her into believing what? That God's word wasn't true. That that tree really wasn't special. That it really didn't need to be left alone. That it would help her. That it would bring her wisdom. And so the first time the devil shows up, he's deceived uh, God's creation into believing that the one who created her, that his word isn't true. And so what is our responsibility? What can we take from that? We can see that uh, he is going to try to come to us. We are recreated in his image. We've been born again. We're of the family and the household of faith. And he's going to try to deceive you that your faith is not working. That your time put into the body of Christ, that your time invested, that your finances that you have sown into the kingdom of God are not going to really reap what God says you're going to reap. He's wanting to deceive you into thinking that your creator uh, misspoke, miswrote, and has put a lie in front of you that's not working. Something's not working for you because you're different. Because you haven't done enough. Because you haven't confessed enough. Any thought that comes to you that is contrary to God's word is deception. It's deception. 
What is deception? It's a lie that's not true. It's to get you to believe that what you're hearing is above what we see in God's word. That what the enemy, the thoughts the enemy brings will trump what God's word says. Okay? Now, in 1 Timothy, we know this, the devil comes as an angel of light. That's what the word says. He comes as an angel of light. What is that? That's deception. He's trying to deceive and make uh, someone believe or, or convince someone that he is uh, in the same realm and that has the same power and has the same authority. So what are his thoughts going to bring? What are his words going to bring? Deception that those words have some kind of authority over you. They don't have authority if you don't give them authority. Amen? So he wants you to believe that when a thought comes, that it has some kind of power over your life or what it, what it means. If, if the devil comes and says, uh, you'll never uh, receive a harvest off what you've sown this year. Isn't that wonderful what pastor said and you've sown, but you haven't seen the harvest. And you know what? You don't qualify for that. And he begins to talk to you about what it is that you won't see. Just know if that's the lie, if that's the deception, then the very opposite must be true. Then that cannot be truth because God will not be mocked. Those who have sown when the devil has tried to, through this situation, separate the church, divide the church, uh, 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 hinder the gathering of the saints. But those who have persevered, those who have sown their time and their energy and kept God first, God will not be mocked. He will not be mocked. Deception, when the scripture says that the devil roams around uh, like a lion, right? Seeking, he sounds like a lion, he acts like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. Deception comes before the devouring. If he can't deceive you, he can't devour you. If he can't deceive me, if God's word is the final truth in my life, and he cannot deceive me otherwise, he can never devour my finances, my family, my health, my mind. The moment you feel like you're being devoured, somewhere deception has gotten in. So it's not about addressing the devour, it's about addressing the deception. This is how marriages get torn up. They think the devil is doing it. They think their spouse is the issue. When at some point, deception got in and they started thinking wrong about their spouse. They started talking wrong and thinking that it was okay to talk wrong to their spouse. They were deceived into thinking that the way of the flesh was going to be easier and better than the way of the, the, the spirit, than the way of the word. And you can't blame the devil uh, when you receive the deception. When you took that wrong thought, he brought it, but you still have to take it. And if you have the ability to take it, then you've got the ability to reject it. 
So deception always comes before devouring. God, the devil cannot touch anything in your life if he can't touch your mind. If he can't touch my mind with deception, he can't touch anything. He cannot get into any arena of my life. Number two, uh, the second person that deceives us is ourselves. <laughs> Go with me, if you would, to James chapter 1. Today is going to be a very um, line upon line. We're, we're doing a very simple teaching so that we can... It's the simple things that we oftentimes forget to fortify ourselves in. And uh, this, these simple steps, too, that we'll, we'll get to are going to help us so much uh, in the bigger victories. <laughs> the scripture says the little foxes spoil the vine. It's the little things that keep us from the great victories. It's not always a, a great thing that keeps you. If it was big and great and obvious, we would be able to identify it uh, much quicker, much more easy. But when it's little things, when it's little ways of thinking, when it's little ways of acting, when it's little ways of behaving, it's those little things, the accumulation of the little things, the little deceptions that add up, and it keeps us out of the greater victories. And so we want to be able to skillfully identify those. So ourselves, James chapter 1 and verse 22 but be doers of the word, obey the message, and not merely listeners to it. Betraying yourselves into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. Betraying yourself. If anyone only listens to the word without obeying it and being a doer of it, he's like a man who looks carefully at his own natural face in a mirror. For he thoughtfully observes himself and then goes off and promptly forgets what he was like. But he who looks carefully into the faultless law, the law of liberty, and is faithful to it and perseveres in looking into it, being not heedless listener who forgets, but an active doer who obeys, he shall be blessed in his doing, his life of obedience. This is a huge key right here. That when we look in the word, and this is why we've been talking about gaining knowledge, the importance of gaining knowledge. Because right here, uh, it says the, the man, and it, it's the same as in Matthew chapter 7 as we've been reading, or I believe we read Tuesday night. The man who built his house on the sand was also a man who heard. This was not a man who was unsaved, untaught. The man who heard the word. And chose to build his life on the flesh anyway. The man who hears and chooses to build his life on carnality anyway. The man who reads the word, comes to school, church, comes to Bible school, uh, comes to midweek services, but goes out and still builds his life on the things of this world anyway. The things of the mind, the flesh, and this world that was a choice that that one who built his house on the sand, that's the choice he made. That's what Jesus said. He heard my words and he did something else. Well, this is the same thing, right? He heard the word, he looked at it, but he wasn't a doer. So he, as if the person who walked away, uh, looked at himself, studied himself, 
Listen, ladies, we know every flaw, every wrinkle, every, every place we need to touch up, pull up, fix up, you know, everything. We're no fool. We're not going to walk out of the house looking half done. <laughs> and this is what happens. People come to church, but they walk out half done because they heard it, and then they wonder why things aren't being completed in their life. Why, I, I, why am I not seeing victories? Why am I not seeing what God says uh, uh, come to pass in my life? Because you're not fully walking in the light of the word. You're hearing it, but you're not doing it. Light has come, but you shine, you're shining, you're letting somebody else shine it over, you know, it's shining on their light, but it's not shining on your light. Light can come, but you got to take it with you. You know, no man uh, asks for uh, when, when, you know, there's maybe, maybe there's something. I know growing up um, in the wintertime, we would often have to uh, wrap our pipes um, there in Florida because we would have freezes and uh, you'd have to wrap your pipes and, and wrap things up so that the freeze, you know, your pipes wouldn't freeze. And so my dad would go out oftentimes in the middle of the night and check uh, and make sure everything is still all right, everything's still flowing, you know, if we needed to do anything. And so, um, you know, it would be foolish for him to uh, ask my mom for the flashlight or go get the flashlight, bring it down, set it on the counter with the intention of going and checking with that flashlight and still walking out in the dark and going, well, I can't see, but I know I got the flashlight. This is what happens when we come and we hear the word and we go, I know I have my answer, but we're walking around in the dark, not being doers of it. We left it in the building. And it says we deceive ourselves. The devil didn't deceive us. Our friends didn't deceive us. I am responsible for the deception. If I'm not a doer, I'm responsible for my own deception. Um, Galatia, look, go, go back to Galatians chapter 6 and verse 8. Galatians 6. Verse 8. For he who sows to his flesh, this is in that same passage, passage where we just were, for he who sows to his own flesh, I like the way the Amplified says, the lower nature, the lower nature. You can either obey the word and be seated and take your place and stay in your place where God has set you, or you can live in the lower nature. I'd rather, it almost gives you the idea that when you live in that lower nature, now you're lower down to where things can affect you and reach you and, and affect your life. But when we're living, if, if there's a lower nature, then there's a higher nature. I want to live in the higher nature. I want to live above. Being the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. You choose to live in that higher nature. That's a choice we make. For he who sows to his own flesh or to the lower nature sows time, you know, sows comfort. You're looking for comfort. You're looking for relief to the flesh. Will, all, will from the flesh reap decay and ruin and destruction, but he who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. This is your choice. This it has nothing to do with the devil. 
This has absolutely nothing to do with any outside being. This is a choice that we make as to whether we're going to sow to our flesh, our emotions, our feeling. We sow to this sense realm, or are we going to sow our time to knowledge, obeying the word, gaining and walking in revelation, and we will invest all of our effort into time sown in God's word and the truth of his word. You have to sow time into truth. Truth is not automatic. If you want to reap from truth, if you want the manifestation of truth, then you've got to sow the time into truth. Sunday morning sitting for an hour, we should be together. We should be hearing the word. But that is not sowing time into truth. You must be daily sowing time into the truth of God's word. If you want to reap from that truth, if you want the manifestation of that in your family, in your business, in your body, in your finances, you've got to sow time to the truth in the word of God if you're going to reap from that. Amen? When the mind receives a thought that is an answer or a logical explanation to a question, let's say your mind, you, you've got a need in your life and you need an answer for that. And uh, that answer comes, well, it can come from one or two ways. That answer can come from your own reasoning or it can come from God. It can come from the flesh. It can come from the mind. It can even come from the enemy. Or your answer can come from God's word, which is light and life and health, power, sustaining power. Anytime you read God's word, there's power attached to that. Why? Because the Holy Spirit authored that, and he is the one full of power. He authored these words. So when you read these words, like we said on Tuesday night, he's got something to join, connect with, and, and, and bring power to when we're doing the word of God. But when a mind, the mind receives a thought that's an answer to uh, an answer or a logical explanation to a question, that oftentimes the body and the soul have demanded. Our mind, I've said this to our Bible school students, that your, uh, your mind and your body will try to demand questions, that you answer questions that God is not asking of you. You know, we've seen that with students that have come. We've seen that with people, young people, uh, people in their lives, and they, they're wanting to know, well, what does God have for me? Well, what should I do next? If God's not asking that of you, you need to be doing the word of God, staying where God told you to be, uh, sowing time into the plan that he has for today, and tomorrow will take care of itself. So when the mind receives a thought that's an answer, if, if, if it's from God's word, if the mind received an answer from God's word, it's going to require discipline to uphold that answer. But if it's from an outside source, it brings deception. Okay? So if God brings an answer from his word, from the preaching and the teaching, an answer that you receive daily reading the scripture, maybe you're listening to teaching, you're praying in the spirit, and you receive an answer, any answer you received is going to take discipline. It's going to require discipline to have that fulfilled in your life. Discipline. Those who are not easily deceived are disciplined people. They're disciplined to do something with their mind every day. They're disciplined to do something right with their body every day. They're disciplined to say the right thing, to think the right thing, to act in line with God's word. 
If you don't want to be deceived, what are your habits? Because your own habits will set you up for you to be deceived by your own self. Amen? Because your flesh will bring an answer that will bring relief. And what will happen? It's going to deceive you into thinking that that's the direction you should go. Anytime God's word, in his word, an answer is revealed, it's going to take discipline to walk that answer out and to have the manifestation of it. It is not automatic. It is not just because the preacher preaches it doesn't mean it's going to happen for you. Just because the pastor says it doesn't mean it's going to manifest. I would love for that to be true. Right? Wouldn't we all love for that to be true? Then we wouldn't even have to be doers. We just need to be listeners. And the word of God specifically outlines the doer is the one who is blessed. The doer is the one who receives, not the hearer. The doer is the one who lays hold of the full blessing in God's word. Because the doer is the one who's sowing. That's what we want to get to. It's the doer is the one who is sowing. And only the sower reaps the harvest. I can't sow for your life. You can't sow for somebody else's life. You can only sow for your life. You can only be disciplined. Those who have been disciplined in the time of, of a pandemic, those who have been diligent, disciplined, and dedicated to God's word with their finances, with their thought life, with their time, God will not be mocked. They shall reap. You shall reap. Amen? The third person, the third way we can be deceived is through others. Wrong fellowship. Number one is the devil. Number two is yourself. And number three is through others. Young people, this is so important. Why it's so important. You say, well, Pastor, you bring up marriage every time. Let me tell you, that's the rest of your life. You're going to be waking up to that face. The good, the bad, and the ugly for the rest of your life. And nobody else can affect your future the way your spouse can. And so uh, I will forever, as long as I am standing in this pulpit, try to bring up marrying right every service that I can. And if you're uncomfortable about it, then you're being deceived into thinking that you don't need to hear the truth in God's word because people who are deceived get uncomfortable when light comes and truth comes. They get very uncomfortable. Light makes darkness uncomfortable. So, on that note, <laughs> wrong fellowship will bring deception uh, because your flesh, when it's wrong fellowship, something in you likes that fellowship. And that's not your spirit, man. That's your flesh. What do we, what the scriptures say? He who sows to the flesh will reap from the flesh. It will reap destruction. So if your flesh likes some kind of fellowship, 
then that's where you're going to, then really you're, you're, there's a part of you that's agreeing with that. You like that. <laughs> you marry wrong. I'm not saying God can't work. I'm not saying you quit. I'm not saying uh, that they're a bad person. But their lack of light and doing the word and how they're deceived and the deception that they walk in because of your love for them will com become your deception. You'll be so closely joined. Even friendships, fellowship, on the job, wherever. Their deception and their lack of knowledge and their lack of walking in the word. Because your flesh likes it, your flesh will start deceiving you into thinking that's okay. That you can live that way. That you can have that standard in your life. Uh, where we... Well, let's think about it. Where are we sowing? We can all examine our lives right now, right? Can't we, can't we do that? Where are we sowing? Where are we sowing our time? Where are we sowing our money? Uh, where are we sowing our words? How are we sowing? Because you can sow bad seed and read from that. Is it good seed? Are we sowing the right things? Are we sowing faith? Are we sowing love? Are we sowing faithfulness? We can examine every arena of our life. Or are we sowing to the flesh? Are we struggling with our relationships? Are we struggling in walking with truth? Are we struggling in answering with the word of God? Or are we believing lies that are coming to our thought life? Are we believing, you know, we're not going to make it? Uh, where's the money going to come from? How am I ever going to get out of this? How am I, you know what I'm saying? How, where are we going to go from here? What is my future? Those are questions that if you're not careful, the author of lies and the deceiver himself will try to bring answers to you. This is why it's so important to keep our eyes, meditate day and night in the word of God. But we need to be careful. You know, one of the biggest areas of deception, and, and I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. You know, we, we saw it, and I'm not saying anybody in here, but, you know, I had heard of, you know, different stories and, and different ones. We were talking about, uh, you know, that when we had the pandemic, when we had, when we couldn't meet together, um, you know, we were in quarantine uh, that oftentimes, you know, people, that's, they saw it as a free day, you know, because service is going to be posted. And, you know, what happens when something's posted? You can watch at any time. You can see it any time. And so on the, the, the posted service, well, you know, I'll just, I'll, I'll work some extra hours around on Sunday. Or, you know what, we're having church in the park. And some people are still at home. So I'll stay and sit at home and, and, and do my job. And, and, you know what, I can watch it later. Or I'll, I'll work and watch at the same time. You know, that there was some sort of gray area. <laughs> of permission, you know what I'm saying? And the job suddenly got, it got to take a place in your life and it seemed like there was permission for it to have first place. Because we didn't have permission to meet, suddenly other things were permitted. Does that make sense? Because we weren't permitted to to come together the same way, suddenly other things became permissible in our life. We were accepting. This must be okay. It's only for a season. But what you do in one season 
And the habits, what, it is, what do we say? When the word comes, it takes discipline to hold fast to, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. It takes discipline to keep the Sabbath, the Sabbath, to keep that time for God. It takes discipline, not a feeling. It takes discipline to do God's word. It takes discipline to be faithful in tithes and offerings. It takes discipline to be a doer. And so suddenly, it's like taking, you know, people were, oh, well, we can get this paid off, and we can get, you know, I can make extra money. And it, it's like taking, I mean, even if we didn't have a pandemic, that temptation is always there, especially to men. And I'm not diminishing that. That is the, the pressure and the um, responsibility oftentimes that husbands will feel that wives don't understand. And my goodness, if that temptation doesn't come to a man to work extra hours and make money, yeah, you might want to evaluate if you're going to marry him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'd rather be reeling somebody back on the job than, you know, having to push them. I'm just saying. I'd rather that be the stumbling block than the other way. Okay, so I am in no way diminishing a real man, a real man, will always have that drive and that urge. I'll work those extra hours. I'll do that. I'll take that on. But when it comes uh, in crossways to God's will and what God has said and what God has ordained and put in place, that's when deception has come in, that we're permissible, you know, to, to have that in our lives. It's, it's like when we go, let's say if we go to Miss Neen's house, my kids um, are, love her beans, and she puts on a pot of beans, and, and, or you, you make something, you know, for me it would be uh, collard greens or black-eyed peas, and, I, and I'm standing, and because we, listen, we, that takes two days, folks. That's a two-day process with the turkey neck or whatever you're going to throw in there, you know, the ham hocks. That's a two-day process. And you stand over that pot, and then you let them sit because it's not good if you eat them too early. You don't, you don't make them in an hour. You don't make beans in an hour. You don't make the good stuff. Nothing that is made in an hour is worth writing home about. <laughs> you know? That's so why you see those 20-minute recipes. They're great for the daily, but when it comes to the special occasions, give me the stuff that takes two days. Okay? So you have this pot of beans. We don't stand over and go, isn't the pot wonderful? This pot is the best pot, and give that pot all the credit because this tastes so good because this pot has done such a good job. This pot is going to, I'm just going to take this pot, and I'm going to keep this pot set out, and, and, and I, I think I'm going to use this pot. This pot has been so good to me, and I love this pot, and what, what else can I do with this pot? We don't worship the pot. We, we praise the one who put all the time and the effort and the seasonings and tasted and retasted and fixed it up and made it so special for us to eat and this is what happens when you get your eyes and you're deceived into thinking your job is going to be you you are worshiping it's the pot 
It's the avenue. It's how God used to bless one avenue. God used to bless your life and and to prosper you. And you're looking at this pot going, aren't you wonderful? I'm going to put all my time and my effort into, you know, I'm going to get up even if I don't use you, I'm going to clean you every day. And this pot is so wonderful. And I'm going to tell all my friends about this pot. No, you don't tell them about the pot. You tell them about the ingredients and the time that you spent putting it together and how you did it. And you put your foot in it and all your love and everything. This is what God does for us is he's made a plan and he's put everything into it. He's put all of his love, all of his time, all of his word. And when we take that one avenue and we begin to worship it and let it take first place in our life, we've forgotten about the one who has put so much and created a divine plan. Heaven authored that divine plan. And we're just looking at a natural avenue that on its own, that pot can do nothing without the man standing at it. That job can do nothing for you unless the blessing is on it. The job can provide nothing for you if God's blessing isn't on it. Amen? So it's about don't be deceived. That job is not your source. Right? Can we say that? Do not be deceived. That job is not your source. God is your source. Don't be deceived. That doctor doesn't have every answer for your life. They're a pot. They're a help. They're an assist. You know what I'm talking about? Those of you who have businesses, don't be deceived. Your customers aren't everything. God is everything. His word is everything. Amen? Uh what your eyes see and your ears hear, your heart will want to believe. What your eyes see and your ears hear, the heart is going to, because your eyes and your ears are going to hear things. Your, your, your eyes, the devil will make sure that your eyes and your ears hear things that feel good. Young people, they're going to, the devil's going to, just this life is going to bring somebody that sees and looks really good and sounds really good. And that heart is going to want that person. Opportunities will come. But the devil will make sure that that opportunity interferes with what God's word has already said. He'll make sure of that. His opportunities don't bless. They don't bless. So what are three ways? I'm going to give us three things. If we develop ourselves, because we don't want to be afraid of being deceived, but there are three ways we can fortify ourselves so that we can be people who are not deceived. That we don't, we don't fool ourselves. The devil can't fool us. Others, I won't be fooled by others. You know, a- avenues are not going to deceive me into putting all my faith and my trust in them so that we're sowing to the right arenas. Number one, stay humble. Stay humble. Humble, teachable. If every day you wake up and go, the first thing you do is get into God's word out of a place of humility. 
Father, I don't know it all. You've been so good to me this far, but Father, there is more in you. I'm, I'm so humble. I'm so hungry. I'm hungry for, for our financially to increase. I'm hungry for my marriage uh, or humble in my marriage. Father, I don't know everything. I've not done everything right, but I know this. It's your Holy Spirit. He's helping me today. He is the great helper. And we stay humble enough so that the Holy Ghost can help us. He will, he will alert you. He will shine light. He will help you when deception tries to come. Wrong thinking. What about wrong thinking towards others? Wrong thinking towards even the right people that God's brought into your life. This is how people get offended. They don't realize they got deceived first and that deception turned into offense. It started with deception. What is deception? Believing a lie. Believing something that's not true. You were convinced to believe something that's not true. And then you got offended at that. And really, you didn't realize you got offended at, at a lie. You got offended at something that absolutely wasn't true. Because the devil can make, and he can take these na this natural certainty, he can take what people say and make it from their mouth to your ears. You know? As soon as it lands, you heard it in a deceived way. With the wrong intention, with the wrong heart. So number one is staying humble. Number two, staying hungry. Be hungry. If you're always hungry for more of God, you're always hungry for his plan, you're always hungry, and a sincere hunger, not a false hunger. There's no, no false humility, no false hunger. Acting like you're hungry, you know, acting like you like something doesn't mean you like it. Acting like you like something doesn't mean you enjoyed it. You sit over that pot of beans and you act like you, you liked it, you know, that's false hunger. You're not enjoying that. If we stay hungry for God and hungry for his plan and hungry for his word, uh, hunger always stirs up more hunger. And number three, honesty. Always be honest with yourself. And be honest, you know, with those in your life. Just be honest. <laughs> Honesty goes a long way. I don't want to be I don't want to be somebody that is deceived and I don't know I'm deceived. Deceived people don't know they're deceived. Because they took a lie and put it as truth. They took something that was false and made it a reality and you know, think that they're okay with that. That, that that's okay. And they don't know it, and they're living in this false reality, they, thinking some, oftentimes that this is God's plan because it feels good. It feels right. It made sense. The devil doesn't bring off the wall, out there, bogus, weird. He's no dummy. What he says and the thoughts that he brings, even your own self, you can deceive your own self, and he'll deceive us, and he comes with things that make sense reasonings oh that seems right that seems logical so uh those three things humility hunger and being honest you know today we may have to be honest with ourselves and say to god god show me 
If there's an area I've been deceived, I haven't been walking in your truth. I don't even know. And remember, knowledge doesn't mean it's revelation. We've been talking about just because you have knowledge, just because you know God supplies all my needs, doesn't mean it's revelation to you. It's only revelation when you become a doer of that word. We want to get from just having knowledge and quoting scripture to being revelation to our life. When it's revealed to us, we can't help but act on it. We can't help but rejoice over it. If you haven't rejoiced over the word lately, then you're lacking in revelation. The man who rejoices is the one who's walking in things revealed. The man who rejoices is the one who is walking in things revealed. Not a feeling, not an emotion, but he saw something in the word of God and he takes it and he rejoices over it and he says, that's mine, that's my answer. Whether he feels like it or not, whether he thinks it or not, he sees it is. God's word is, and it always will be, but will it always be for you? It's going to be for me, for me and my household. This is what we will serve. This is what we will live by. Amen? But when you do that, listen, when you do that, God will not be mocked. What you sow, your time, your faith, your money, your attention. Listen, what you sow your attention to, you will reap from that. Where is your attention going? That's why the man who the word of God has been revealed, it's not just knowledge, it's revealed. Their attention is on it and they cannot help but rejoice. And their attention, it's a flow. They get revelation out of the word, and they can't help but rejoice over that revelation. And then what happens when they rejoice in that revelation? God goes, ooh. They're going to start reaping more and more. If you have not been reaping in the arenas that you feel you've been sowing, go back to, is it revelation or is it just duty? It's just duty. The Holy Ghost is a person. God is a father. I don't want my kids just showing up and coming and giving me a hug out of duty. I don't want them sitting with us out of duty. I want them sitting with us because it's revealed to them the, the love that I have for them. The truth of our relationship and the, you know, the divine flow that God has, has blessed for the family and the home life. God wants the same thing. He's not looking for readers to be dutiful. You know, I read my chapter today. He's looking to reveal himself. So humility, hunger, and honesty. If you can cultivate these three things, it will keep you from being deceived. Humility, hunger, and honesty. The devil is the author of lies. Don't lie to yourself about where you are spiritually. Don't lie to yourself. Get the truth of God's word. But I wanted to encourage, it seemed like the, the Holy Ghost yesterday, he kept stirring this up. And I wasn't quite sure the direction he was going. But I'm telling you, we're coming to the close of a year. And there are things, there are people, there is, uh, uh, we've had an opportunity to prove that we are sowing this year. That we have chosen to sow to the Spirit. We've chosen to sow to spiritual things. 
invest our time, our finances, our faith, our love, our words into spiritual things. And if that's been you, God will not be mocked. He will not be mocked. There is a harvest waiting for you and waiting for me. Let's not grow weary in well-doing. We shall reap. We shall reap. We shall reap. We have sown, this congregation has sown to the word and the spirit. No compromises. We shall reap. That means, you know what, when you don't compromise with God's word, that means an unhindered flow. Nothing stopping. When compromise comes, that brings uh, obstacles in the way of the flow of God's blessing into your life. I want the flow unhindered. This congregation, this church family, you, your family, we have not compromised. We're not going to keep, we're not going to start now, but because we haven't compromised, God will not be mocked. There's a harvest. There's a harvest. It's time for that harvest. How do we reap that harvest? With our words. Thanking God, praising God, calling it in, and continuing. So one of the things people write, because again, that scripture is talking about a continual flow. It is not a one-time thing. Sowing a seed and then waiting and seeing if something happens, that's not how God operates. It's a flow. It's a flow of faith. It's a lifestyle of faith. So as long as we're calling in the harvest and we're continuing in the work that God has set before us, we shall reap. You shall reap. Amen? Amen. Are you stirred this morning? Are we helped? You know, I'd love to come and just preach and preach and preach, but I'm just telling you, you know, being back in the building, this is what the Holy Ghost said. We shall reap. We shall reap. God will not be mocked. We shall reap. And let's not be deceived into thinking anything else. Anything else is truth in our life. God's word is the only truth. Amen. I don't want to get to the end of my life and realize, I don't want to get to heaven and realize I spent time on this earth deceived and sowing to the flesh. This flesh is going to stay here, folks. If you're sowing to it, if you're sowing all your time into what your flesh wants to do, this flesh is staying here. You have nothing in eternity. You have nothing to take with you. I want my time. We have things of this flesh that need to be done. It doesn't mean you, you reject that and you, you sit and you pray in the spirit all day long. That's weird. Remember what I said. Find somebody who will work. But even a job can be seed sown and time sown. Being diligent with the work of your hand and God will bless that. He'll reward it and there's a harvest that will come through that. Amen. Amen. Stand with me if you would this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, right now that you're revealing to hearts. We humbly, we humbly come to you, Father. We humbly come before your throne. And we thank you that you're showing us, Father. You're revealing to hearts if there's areas we've been deceived into doubting, to doubting your word, to doubting your plan. Father, that you're revealing that. We're hungry. Father, we're so hungry for more of you, for more of your plan, for more of your spirit, more of your power. And Father, we thank you for showing each and every one today, for revealing to us 
as we leave this place, as we go away, Father, you're showing us as a hungry congregation areas that we can make adjustments, we can make changes, that we shall not be deceived. Father, we will not grow weary in well-doing. We will not. We're strengthened, Father. From day to day, we're strengthened in your word. We're strengthened in your promise. And I thank you for the harvest that you have for this congregation, for this family. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, yes. We, before I turn over to Grant, we have a special, y'all can be seated. This week, many of us honored and celebrated Veterans Day. Can all of our vets stand up? If you served in any capacity in our armed forces, stand up. I know you're out there. Stand up, stand up. There they are. privilege to see all of those some aren't here today that have served in our congregation we are so pleased to call them ours and they have been a blessing to this nation a blessing to our lives it may not be directly it may be indirectly but it's a blessing and we want to honor them appropriately so we have gifts out there for our uh, veterans those who have served so make sure you pick those up before you leave today in the foyer amen y'all can be seated who's it grant They receive a, a Christmas offering for Pastor Morgan. Yes, it's that time coming up already. So we're going to go ahead, and this is going to go to Pastor Morgan. She's sown time in the Word, spent time feeding on the Word, developing herself for us, for us to partake of that revelation. And she's given so much to this congregation. It's right to give back to her. And what we've sown, we need to sow back. And we'll be blessed because of that, because we've been blessed. So if you need an offering envelope, there should be one in the seat pocket in front of you. Um, fill it out with your credit card information. Um, make sure you just note somewhere that this is for Pastor Morgan's uh, Christmas offering. Hallelujah. Just a few quick reminders. Don't forget that this Thursday, November 19th, we'll be selling purses and jewelry. Um, at the church bookstore in Old Town, Marietta. Um, so don't forget about that. And we have prayer service tonight. It'll be about one hour max um, here in the building uh, at 5 p.m. So please make time to come out. Hallelujah. Um, if ushers, you can go ahead. Let's pray for this offering. Father, we're so grateful to sow to our pastor, to sow and give to our leaders and honor them with this Christmas offering. We thank you, Father. We're, we're blessed because we're givers, because we're generous, and we thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Amen. Ushers, you can go and pass the offering bucket. And don't forget, Mark, Holy Ghost meetings on your calendar. It's happening, so don't miss it. It's going to be awesome time. Brother Copeland is excited to come, and we're excited 
for what God has for us in those meetings. So please make sure you come out, mark it on your calendar. Hallelujah. And don't forget, we have service here in the building this Tuesday at 7 p.m. We did change the times, 10 and 7, uh, 7, yes. Um, so don't forget, we have service on Tuesday. And if hopefully we'll see you tonight too. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, you can go ahead and stand up with me this morning. And you're dismissed. We will see you soon. God bless you.